Welcome back to This Is Jazz Today. My name is Nick Finzer here with Alan Blanchard, and we are reviewing the month of October 2019. Yeah, it's not 2020 yet. 2019. <laughs> uh, and looking at some of the best of the new jazz releases uh, that we found, that Alan found and curated into our playlist. If you want to see and hear all the music, go to Spotify and search This Is Jazz Today, and it says curated by Outside in Music. And that's how you'll know you're in the right place. And this playlist actually has everything from the whole year. So uh, 2019, every month we've put around 10 tracks uh, into the playlist. So this being the 10th month, there's around 100 songs on our playlist now. So uh, head on over to there. There's 101 songs, actually. I see it here. And it would take you 10 hours and 21 minutes to listen to the whole thing. But um, you don't have to do it all at once. But head on over to Spotify and you can follow that. Um, I've been trying to tell more people about this because I am having trouble finding the new releases that come out on Spotify. I have to actually do work to find it. So we're trying to take the work out of it, do it for you. Uh, and uh, more, you know, kind of more straight ahead-ish uh, stuff than some of the stuff that's on some of the other jazz playlists that are out there. So that's what we're trying to do. So I hope you'll tell a friend or a foe uh, about about our playlist uh, and just go to spotify this is jazz today so thanks for being here and we're going to jump right in with uh, our first track for this month and alan's going to tell us all about it yeah so our first track for this month is uh off of benny Benack's new record um it's a duo tune that he did uh, a cover of the tune it could happen to you um i mean it's great benny so benny sings on this if you guys don't know benny uh he kind of does like the whole crooner thing, I guess you could say, you know, sings, plays trumpet and everything. Um, but this duo, he plays with Christian McBride, um, which that is probably the reason I put it on because Christian plays the baddest bass lines I have heard in a minute <laughs> um, while he's going through this. And, you know, at least with like, like he always plays killing stuff, but when it's duo, especially in this setting, like it really cuts through in a, in a great way. So like you can go through it and just listen to, uh, Christian, which I definitely have a couple times. Um, and then also what I guess is cool about this uh, recording, you know, is, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you know this story, Nick, but Benny put out like a video for some competition like five, six years ago um, where one of the songs he sang was It Could Happen to You, scatted it, and the scat solo that he did got famous, quote unquote, or jazz famous at least, you know, whatever that's worth. Um I know, like, I think Steven uh, Fife did, like, a uh, like a sax solely arrangement of it and whatnot. And, like, you know, a bunch of jazz musicians have, have uh, sung it and all. So he put words to it, um, sang that after the uh, the head in here. Um, but, I mean, regardless, you know, great tune. Christian McBride is bad. Benny is killing. And uh, I think people will enjoy it. It's, you know, it's just a nice little song to listen to and whatnot. Great take on, an, uh, on a classic standard. I didn't know he that it was jazz famous. I just thought that was like an inside joke. I don't. It might be an inside joke. I mean, there were enough people at FSU that were that knew it and were checking it out. And you know, I've seen like various people post stuff to like social media, be like, "Oh man, I checked out." You know this this scat solo. Like here, here's me playing a little bit of it on like clarinet or something. You know. Yeah, I think one of my one, a very kind of funny thing is just that you know. Benny is now on tour with Postmodern Jukebox. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. 
I just think that's so in, so funny. You know? I mean, but he's he's good for that. Like he's he's a you know very good he showman. He's a showman. And, he's and a that great is showman. great yeah. trumpet player. Yeah, so it, it makes sense. But I just thought it was funny. I was like, wow, he's out on tour with Postmodern Jukebox. Kind of brings you back to uh, your younger days, doesn't it? I know. Back to when I was on the road with Postmodern Jukebox. Uh, okay, so that's Benny Benack. And is his record out yet, or is this just the single? No, its record is not out yet. This is the third single, I think. Or it might be the second okay. single. It's at least the second single, maybe third single of the upcoming record. I got it. I got you. Okay, so let's move on. I see see guitarist, uh, a guitarist next. Yeah, uh, going to opposite side of the spectrum um, is next with Kurt Rosenwinkel's band Bandit 65, um, which fe- features Kurt Rosenwinkel, uh, who on this record does guitar, voice, and electronics, uh, Tim Mozer, who does uh, electro-acoustic guitar synth and electronics, <laughs> and then... Oh, wow. Yeah, and then uh, again, sorry in advance for messing up this name, uh, Gintas Janasonis, who's playing drums, percussion, electronics. Uh, so very wow. like electronic based album, as you could imagine mm-hmm. hearing from that. Um, and so this is kind of a band that I guess he's been doing now for, gosh, six or maybe even seven years. Uh, this trio, and this album kind of showcases um, their tour is they're, they're the tours that they've gone on and each tune um, highlights like a different city that they've played in and whatnot. So it's, it's very free. Um, you know, they, from the things I've read, it was a very, a, like a collective composition approach to it. And um, you know, it, it's definitely abstract, but I think people will really like it because they, they certainly get two points in tunes, you know, where they, they latch onto something and, and like they allow that to grow and, and everything. So it's very, uh, fluid and, and flowing and whatnot. So they cover Stockholm, Madrid, Philadelphia, Vienna, Berlin, Los Angeles, and um, Philly again on here because evidently Philly is that killing of a city. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never been to Philly. There. Um, a lot of jazz musicians from there. Which, I mean, that's killing. I, I have nothing against Philadelphia. I was just surprised. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Y'all y'all hit it twice, you know? Um. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great record. I I can't say I've listened to tons of Kurt Rosenwinkel, but it was something that uh definitely um piqued my curiosity. You know, it was very like it, like it, even though there's only 3 people on it, it gets like really dense with all the electronics and everything that they're going on and and has a lot of different um uh, colors and and palettes of of sound and and whatnot that it goes through, you know. Mhm. Great. I'm gonna, I didn't know that was out. See, this is what I'm saying. I didn't even know this was out. Now I do because I've, I've been looking and it's been challenging for some reason. Spotify makes it difficult. The new jazz oh. releases area is not full of new jazz releases. It's old jazz releases. That's anyway, the other, man, I've on. noticed that. I don't want to complain, yep. but okay. all old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll, we'll not, we won't air our complaints right now. We'll, we'll talk about the music. All right, so that next we have I don't know who this is. Wow. What is this? Wow. Okay, so this is a uh new duo or or maybe it's an old duo but they're putting out this uh this record now of Rachel Price who um lead oh, singer Lake Street Dive and then the guitarist Vilray. So the record has um 10 originals by Vilray and then um 
two covers, uh, Nosotros, and then I love the way that you're breaking my heart. Um, are the two covers, and it, it's it's a great record. It's a lot of like uh, acoustic settings, um, you know, and they, they sing and duet and and whatnot throughout it. But it's 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 a very fun record, and I think, um, you know, I, I like I would say it's kind of like um brings your your mind to like in, in a tv show or something like leave it to beaver or something when like they're putting on jazz at home and that's kind of what it, you yeah. know that chet baker vibe or something um mm-hmm. but i don't know they they cover like a wide range of stuff uh john batiste is featured on the album and some of it and they, they have horns and and a full rhythm section on some of the tracks but then some of the stuff is just uh a duo so good variety um you know it's certainly opposite side of the spectrum again from like kurt rosenwinkle or even some of the other right. stuff that we're going to have coming up. Um, but I think people will really enjoy it. Rachel has like an incredible voice and Vilray uh, did some great compositions and, and their voice just pairs really well together. I don't know who Vilray even is. Who is this? Vilray? I didn't know Vilray before this. Um, okay. And that was kind of my exposure right. to it. Okay. Cool. I'll have to check that one out too. Um, okay. So now classic uh this must be like a re-release or something next yeah to my understanding um so the next release that nick is referencing is the kenny dorm uh swedish sessions from 1964 uh great catch on it being a re-release because it's from 1964 um <laughs> but <laughs> thank you captain obvious over here it's uh supposedly this is like a new import that's available now in the u.s um and it's it's great. And this is actually like a really weird timing because uh I've I've just now started to, I wouldn't say just now, but now I have like a greater appreciation for Kenny Dorm. For some reason though, just his um tone, I guess you could say, or like the way that it comes across in a lot of the recordings has not always been something that like I sought out listening to. Um but in the, these recordings he sounds really good. I, I loved his version of uh short story. He has two takes of it on here. Um, definitely think people will enjoy it. It's just, it, I mean, it's killing. It's Kenny Dorm playing some of the best stuff I've heard, you know, besides, I mean, some of the other records, which are good. Kenny Dorm put out a lot of good records is what I'm trying to say. And this is one of those. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Okay. So this is, this is a really, really, I don't know. I don't feel like I don't know the original of this record. Yeah, I, I don't think it was uh it was ever released in the U.S. I think it's like oh, this is the I first see. time that it has been um, released. I understand now. Got it. Excellent. Well, uh, that, and so let's keep moving here. And so we have Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, and Harry Connick Jr. is I know like some people give him and and Michael Bublé a bad rep or, or stuff like that. You know, say that they're like selling out to pop. Um you're wrong. <laughs> They're all killing. They all, uh, you know, they, they do their own thing. And for people that don't know, and that are sleeping on Harry Connick Jr. He is a, an extremely killing pianist. Um, this dude is bad. And so he put out this new record, um, that is a complete tribute to, to Cole Porter. And it's, it's just phenomenal. Specifically, uh, this track, you'd be so nice to come home to, which is, uh, one of my favorite standards. He starts out playing um, piano with his band, and then, you know, halfway through, he starts singing, which kind of reminds me of, like, the uh, the older records he was putting out that when he was um, when he was younger, he had, like, the, the record, like, 20 and uh, 
25 or something, you know, like all of the ages, which is ridiculous. The ages he was when those records came out. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's just, he's never someone that I get, um, tired of man. He was putting out some stuff that was like more pop sounding, uh, a while ago, but then he puts out this stuff where he reminds you like, Hey, look, I'm a killing pianist and I can sing. And like, I just love music and he does it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely think people will be, will be into it. It's especially cause you know, modern take on, on great classics and, and Cole Porter's writing is incredible. Um, and it's, it's a good band. And I mean, I don't know what's wrong with this album. Just go like it. Okay. <laughs> you'll like it okay uh okay so our next record dave holland uh this must be we had a single from this on a little bit ago yeah yeah last month we had a single from this trio yep from the cross currents trio which is uh to people that don't know um dave holland on bass zakir hussein on uh tabla and then chris potter playing saxes um this is just a really interesting trio because I I can't say I've heard mo- much of them altogether, but Dave Holland doing his projects and Chris Potter doing his projects, they both are um, really exploratory in nature. I feel you know they're always trying to do new things, whether that is like utilizing electronics or or play freer or you know whatever their compositions are based off of, with like really. Um, difficult i guess you could say like rhythmic ideas and everything um but this is interesting and it's it's really cool because it also provides kind of a sense of uh harmonic motion with having dave holland there but he really leaves it up to Mm -hmm. chris potter which i think complements them well because dave holland is like gonna let you know what the harmony is but he's also gonna be dave holland so he's gonna play a lot of extra stuff you know but chris potter is known for like doing all these uh, videos where he's playing, you know, Cherokee through all 12 keys by himself or, or playing all these tunes by himself. And he's just so good at establishing um, harmonic uh, progressions by himself on saxophone that like, there's never a moment where I was like, wow, what, you know, I, there, like, I was asking what were they playing, you know, because it's hard to follow sometimes, but it was, I, there was never a doubt in my mind that like, there's a clear, uh, agreeance and a harmony between the two, which I think is just like really impressive to have when it's bass and saxophone as a pairing, you know, as opposed to piano and trumpet or something along those natures. Yeah, sure. It's a definitely a little something different. And the the harmony that, or I guess it's not harmony, but there is pitch to the, to the um, tabla. Right, Sorry. right, right. And so that's, that's cool. You know, with the, the the bringing together like American jazz and, and Indian music, you know, which uh, th- there's been several groups that have done that, you know, like Winton did the whole thing um, at Marciac a couple of years back or, or something like that. And I know I was checking out like my favorite things where they had like an, an Indian uh, band that played with his septet or his quintet or, or whatever it was, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just really cool seeing seeing music getting a lot more uh, worldly influenced rather than just like different uh cultures staying to their own thing you know yeah no no i mean there's like there's a lot of connection between indian music and in jazz and the way it's taught and the way 
I had to do a whole research paper on this once, so I won't bore you with all those details, but it's a pretty interesting connection between those two kind of cultures, you know, the, the oral tradition being a big part of that. Right. So definitely pretty cool. But uh, this next record I really have enjoyed listening to. This one I definitely know, and I enjoyed the first record from this group as well. Although I'm not sure why you picked this track in particular, maybe because you thought people will know this tune, but uh, I don't think it's the strongest one on the record. To be honest. Okay, well, um, that's an opinion you're allowed to have. <laughs> Look, for me, uh, what he's talking about right now is Trilogy, um, the new record from Chick Corea, Christian McBride, and Brian Blade, um, which is phenomenal. Like those three musicians, uh, wow. Um, and he's giving me crap right now because I chose all blues, um, which yes, I thought people would, <laughs> would know that tune and relate to it. But also, um, I think it was just where I started on the record. Um, you know, like hear them play something that's very familiar, play a blues, and then it becomes not so familiar about halfway through. And then somehow it comes back to it, you know, um, which kind of speaks sure. to like their ability to, uh, play off of each other in, in the moment. And man, what was really interesting was like, you know, when, when we got to talk about all this stuff, I look up r reviews and everything and see what other people have said when I'm, when I'm trying to find these records, you know, and make sure that I got the personnel, right. Luckily for this one, it's very clear who's playing on the album. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know this was a thing. Supposedly uh, some casual ears, if you didn't know, claim piano trios are boring. Did know that was a thing. Um, and there have been complaints. Who's I don't that? know. This is what this review is saying, and that there were complaints that this was only a two disc album and not a three disc album, uh, like their last one, Ooh. which I guess. But it's twelve tracks of phenomenal music. Um, other tunes that they cover on this, you know, is like Five Hundred Miles High, uh, How Deep Is the Ocean, La Fiesta. Now he sings. Now he sobs. Uh, tons of stuff and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great record. Whether you think All Blues is a great tune on it or not is up for you guys to decide. Don't take what Nick says. Hey. <laughs> so rude. Hey, I mean, it's... it's so whenever, Like, are you really going to say that they did something bad, though? No, yeah. no, no. You're right. I'm just saying. It was just my opinion. I like um, I like the new version of Now I Sings, Now I Sobs only because I that's a favorite record of mine, so I'm biased in that way to that. And also, I liked the first track. How Deep Is the was, Ocean? How Deep Is the Ocean? Yeah. So I, those, were my, those were two that stood out. All right. Me. I mean, those are opinions. And I liked, uh, on the first record, I liked uh, You're My Everything. That arrangement was That was killing. a great, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's just really good. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, uh, you know, Spotify has made those playlists now that has like the on repeat for you and the further on repeat, which is supposed to be like throwbacks you listen to. I think you're my everything has been on like that recording of it has been on there since they started doing that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I just, you. it's, yeah. it's always there and I'm never disappointed that it comes on, you know, it could be seven times in one day and I'll be like, Oh, cool. <laughs> 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 that's funny all right sorry we've pontificated enough about this trio it's a great record you can check that one out uh moving on we have more legends here on the yes playlist. uh new album from sir ron carter 
uh, Foresight, uh, live in Stockholm, Volume 1. Um, this is a great record. You know, it features uh, Jimmy Green on saxophones, uh, Renee Roseness on uh, piano, and uh, thank you. Yep. See, this is this is not. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite part? Is me, correct? <laughs> and then Peyton Crossley on drums. Um, yeah, percussion. Percussion, excuse me. Um, besides my inability to pronounce their names, it's a great record. Um, I picked Joshua because that to me is like, like the sound that Ron Carter starts that bass line off with is just the sound that I forever have ingrained in my head for how Joshua should go, you know? Um, sure. like the combination of like sure. his, his playing in the way that like his amp sounds with his playing is just like, like if I think of the tune, Joshua, like there, that is, that is it. Um, in great standard. I I mean, I love Jimmy Green's playing. I mean, I love the entire quartet's playing, but fan of Jimmy Green. Um, I think everyone should be a fan of Jimmy Green. You know, he puts out, um, killing music back to that album, uh, I think I first discovered him from like that album "Beautiful Life" that he put out a couple years ago. Um, oh, okay, but yep. yeah, I mean, it's I get like this. This month was kind of easy to pick records because how am I going to pick a Ron Carter record and be like, ah, that was a poor decision, you know? Like it's Ron Carter. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you made the right yeah. choice. You made the right choice. And then number two for this month, uh, I think we heard a single from this couple. Of, couple months ago maybe yeah. was um, it last month i don't remember but i sent it i remember sending this to you yeah and i hope that's not the same one i put on here uh i don't think it is but not this tune i think it was a different great tune. good that's good to know because i didn't even check because this is joshua redmond's new album um which i am so <laughs> excited for and i've listened to some of it already um joshua redmond and brooklyn writer sun on sand um so I know very little about this, but I will try to explain as much as I do know. Um, this is actually um, eight compositions from a suite from the saxophonist Patrick Zimarelli, um, which was like oh. premiered in London back in 2014. So the uh, the band is uh, Josh Redman, Scott Coley uh, playing bass, and then Kali. Oh. Okay, and then the drummer uh, Satoshi. Takahashi, Tak Takashi, Tika uh, I'm gonna leave you on huh? that one. <laughs> I'm All just gonna right. leave you hanging T on that Takashi one. Takashi on uh, drums and yeah, okay, there we go. So there's that, and then there's a uh, they they play with a string quartet, the Brooklyn Rider uh, group, which is it, it's great. It's I can't believe that like I haven't heard much of a actually i can't completely believe that i haven't heard much of the string quartet i honestly don't check out that much of like modern string quartets that are going on but they play off of each other um so well throughout this because you have like the interplay between the, the bass the drums and and josh uh playing tenor sax throughout it but when the string quartet comes in it doesn't um it doesn't come in in like the normal way that i feel like you would expect to hear a a jazz group in strings, you know, where it's like, they're just playing in, in a supportive role. Like there's a lot of interplay back and forth and they're creating a lot of, um, the, the way that they are, uh, playing behind it in some of the moments is, is like a pianist comping, you know, with like, like very specific rhythmic ideas, creating harmony behind it. Um, and it's, it's really cool, you know, and also from such 
realistically what is a small group you know comprised of mostly stringed instruments you know of course of course yeah they're mic'd i i get it like they're just getting a lot of sound out of their instruments and creating like really full stuff mm -hmm. behind it um which is which is awesome because i think a lot of people's complaints when you hear something that is pianoless um is that they lose a lot of the weight that a piano can provide harmonically um but they don't hear and it's it's awesome you know you see like a really good um blending of the crossroads of of what some might say you know classical music or and jazz you know just because of like instrumentation and whatnot um but it's it's really cool and from the perspective of someone trying to you know get into composition and, and figure out how to do this stuff this record is is like a gold mine of new stuff coming out on how to um work strings in with horn players and non you know stereotypical classical type writing or anything of that nature yeah i remember the single just being really well orchestrated yeah. so i'm in i can't wait to check the rest of this out i'm interested to hear about the story of our last track number one track first track when you uh come to the playlist um this is kenny baron and mulgrew miller so this must have been from se recorded several years ago I'm interested to hear yeah. the story here. Um, so supposedly this was recorded live in Marciac in August of 2005. Um, between there and then oh, wow. there's like three discs. So it was there and then in uh, Geneva in 2011 and then Switzerland or in Zurich um, in 2011 as well. Um, but I mean, I don't understand what uh, your story you wanted. Like it's Kenny Barron and Mulgrew Miller playing piano together. It is. Oh no! I just meant the story because you know Mulder yeah. passed a couple of years ago. So, um, I mean, it's it's killing. It's it's nuts. I love hearing um, duo piano stuff. You know, whether it is like there's a YouTube video circulating somewhere of like Count Basie and, and Oscar Peterson playing stuff, and then their records that they put out, and like you know the Ivory Hunters of like Bob Brookmeyer playing piano with Bill Evans and and all this stuff like. Duo piano is so um, interesting and it can also um, it's also like really difficult because there's so many times that um, if you just go check out someone do duo piano and if they're not playing like a piece written for duo piano or something, I feel like it's really easy to step on each other, you know, and so it's it's sure. difficult to to find the balance. It's also kind of a fun game in my mind, especially not being a pianist. You know, I've listened to Kenny Barron. I've listened to Mulgrew Miller, you know, whatnot. Um, it's kind of fun to like try and try and be like, okay, who's doing what here? You know, who's taking what role? And then seeing like, there's moments where someone clearly takes the support role while someone else is soloing and whatnot and vice versa. But then there's moments where they're just um, playing off of each other. And the, the interplay that you hear going back and forth from them is, um, great and it's it's one of those duos um of like actually like duo piano that i feel like is not as common um you know because logistically it's difficult to get two full-size grand pianos in the same area and let alone two piano masters um playing them whatnot sure um, plus true. this goes back to the yeah. thing that i always stand by which is i love live albums um so <laughs> This is true. You yeah, and it's that. you know it's cool because on this like they featured tracks where like um, 
they're being introduced and they're and they're talking some. So that's that's kind of always really nice in live albums when it's not just like clean takes of here's the performance of it live, but being able to hear some of the you know talking in between it and as if you were there or or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that's some of my favorite tunes on here. I'm looking through the three. It must be like a two or yep, three, three disc. Three disc. Set. Yeah. Like, uh, well, there's a typo, a track 24. It's called I Got It Bass, <laughs> and that ain't good. Yeah, with the very thought of you, Joy Oops. Spring. Spring can really hang you up the most. Yeah. Yeah, that's a favorite. Never Let Me Go. I mean, I Mean I like You. I Mean You is a very just like fun tune, I think. Anyway, some good songs yeah. on there. Good, great selections um, from from those master pianists. Awesome. There's so much good stuff on this playlist. Man, I guess that's because it's fall and everybody's starting to release stuff. Um, there's certain, you know, certain busy times. Summer and fall are the busy, busy times for uh, early summer, May, June, and the fall. Lots of people putting stuff out. As you can see, a glut of great new music. And so you can find it all on Spotify at the Outside In Music. This is Jazz Today playlist. Just type it into the search bar. I'm sure you'll find it straight away. So, Alan, thanks for being here, and thanks for putting together the playlist again. And uh, we will see you back here next month for another edition of the This Is Jazz Today playlist.